Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the, the Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. amen. Father God, we thank you for the gift of this day which you have given us. We thank you for every moment of our lives that you have blessed us with. We thank you for this Catholic community in South Louisiana, which is unlike any other in the world. We thank you for the spirit of love, the spirit of fervor that these people have for you in your heart. We ask that you continue to keep this fire alive in this diocese, that you continue to spread this fire, that the hearts of the faithful that you have gathered here in South Louisiana, that they may be alive and that they may spread your word to all corners of the earth. We once again thank you for all you have gifted us with. We ask you to remind us of a spirit of gratitude in all that we do. And we implore the intercession of your blessed Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joseph. My pleasure. You're listening to Cajun Catholics, featuring outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. I'm your host, Todd Citron, and today my guest is Mr. Joseph Benton. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Thank you, Mr. Todd. Uh, Joseph comes from a great Catholic family, uh, the Benton family, good friends with, with Joseph's father, Jeff. M- many of you know Jeff Benton from all over Lafayette. And uh, how many kids? We're five. Five, five in the myself, family, yeah. all very devout, good, wonderful Cajun Catholics. I've known Joseph since he was a little boy, and, so, uh, and it's been just a pleasure to, to watch him grow up and see his faith in Christ, and, uh, and it is important today that he shares that with us. So amen. tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. So uh, I was obviously raised here in, in Lafayette. I'm a um, St. Thomas More Cougar graduate as of last year, um, and then I just moved over to University of South Carolina in Columbia, South Carolina, um, where I'm studying international business and finance. and. Uh-huh. I'm here for a few days um, just to visit the family, visit the community, uh, dearest South Louisiana. And then uh, I'm actually just about to head up to North Carolina to work at Camp Chastatanga, which is a little Catholic summer camp for the summer. So Nice. I want to hear all about that. Um, I can't even say the name of that camp, but yeah. I think my daughter's going up there uh, with That's Joseph right. and some some crew. And it's awesome to see how, how the reach of the Cajun Catholics, you know, Every time I've done an episode, it's amazing to see how we're out there throughout the country, throughout the world, spreading the, the good news of Christ. Amen. And uh, Joseph and, and these young young guys and girls will be out there in North Carolina, you know, and I hear just wonderful things. It's it's life-changing experience. I'm excited for my daughter to be gone. So, Joseph, you know, I know that... Um, you know, you're considering the seminary. I know you've been very devout. I've been to many masses at St. Thomas More and seen you serve. And, you know, I know that the family has a strong faith, but, but, but for you, when did that start and, and, um, and how? Yeah, so for sure. Um, so I guess with most uh, people who've really delved into the spiritual life, there comes a point where the motions start to become something more real. Um, and for me, that was actually a little bit younger. It was probably in middle school, I'd say. There was a definitive moment before the Blessed Sacrament, you know, a bad day for a middle schooler or whatever that looks like. <laughs> um, but just a definitive moment where kneeling before the chapel or before the Blessed Sacrament in the chapel at Our Lady Fatima, um, that something happened that I could not explain that was good, that was amazing, and that I 
just could not put into words and could not find any rational or explanation for it, if you will. Um, I want to hear more about that because to our listeners out there, everyone seeks the supernatural, you know, sign. And, you know, I know we've all had different experiences, but what, what, tell us more about that. Yeah, sure. Well, so, uh, yeah, I'm no theologian, but in my rudimentary understanding of the spiritual life, um, that was kind of just that, that first reach from God. Um, obviously, I've been raised in a great Catholic family. I owe my life, I owe my salvation uh, to them and ultimately to God, obviously. But um, that moment was kind of where I felt like God was really saying, like, let's turn this into your life. You know, let's make faith not a segment of your life, but something that will define who you are as a person and where you will go for eternity. Um, was it a voice? Was it uh, something you saw? Was it something you felt? Yeah, it was more, I'd say it's more of kind of a sentiment, a feeling, just being overcome by emotion, um, a joy, you know, a, almost a laughter to a certain <laughs> degree. And the the thing that just struck me as so interesting was that the chapel was completely silent. There was no music. There was no um, provocation. It was just me, my mom, my little brothers kneeling before what the world calls a piece of bread and a piece of glass. And if that's a piece of bread and that's a piece of glass, and that's a really strange piece of bread and a really strange piece <laughs> of glass because it did some weird things to my heart. So I'd say that was kind of the, the beginning of a, of a long journey that hopefully will span across the rest of my okay, life. Okay, so I love to play trivia, and especially with the youth that come because I always like to challenge them and all. And so you mentioned bread. Uh, oh, I'm giving it away, man. So, you know, you know what the word Bethlehem where Jesus was born means. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it means bread basket. H House of bread. I believe House of is bread, what I've heard, okay. yeah. And uh, I had the great privilege to go there. So anyway, hearing you talk about the the, Beautiful. the Blessed Sacrament. You know, and I think for our listeners out there to hear what you just said, and it went kind of fast, you're in adoration with your family. I'm not sure how much of our, of our good Catholic faith, and maybe it's more than you would expect. I know for me, it was a journey that started by myself, and I, I love the silence that you mentioned when I get to adoration. Actually, your father's the one who asked me to go to adoration for the first time after I made my cursio. Your mom had, was supposed to, yeah. it was St. Pius, and they asked me to cover for him, and I had never done adoration before, and I'm like, no, you know, I'm not going, lose my <laughs> yeah, number. It yeah. was five o'clock in the morning on a Friday, and I'm like, hey, oh, you know, I'm not a real morning person, and I actually hung up on your dad and uh, and said, don't call me back and, uh, and and then I felt really guilty and I said I tell you what I'll go this one time uh, I'll go this one time for you and I went and it was it was amazing and here I am I think that was 15 years ago and I and I've I've tried to go every Friday I mean we haven't totally been every Friday but but it's been close yeah and so I owe that to your family uh, so yeah to go with your family to adoration amazing is that happen often um, you know, these days, since I'm not in town as much as I'd like to be, um, not so much anymore, but um, definitely growing up, yeah, after school, my mom would take us uh, in beautiful. middle school. And um, yeah, I mean, it's always been beautiful. I remember growing up as well, my mom would do holy hours over at uh, JPG early in the morning. And uh, yeah, there was just something really special about that. You know, I'd go with her and I'd be a little confused why she'd want to get up so early to mm -hmm. sit in a quiet room and you know risk falling asleep but um definitely that that mystery always followed me through so beautiful yeah. 
So we'll just fast forward a little to, to your college experience. Um, I know that you were very involved at St. Thomas More, and you're in a little bubble there, you know, where you're amongst other good Catholics and you're, you're not really out, I guess, into the secular world. And I know a little bit about, about this story because he and I have been fishing together. And, mm-hmm. But tell me about the University of South Carolina and what that was like when you got there. Sure thing, yeah. Um, well, so... I know a lot. Most people tend to stay in state uh, if you're from Louisiana, but I, I did brave out for a little bit, try and check out the other uh, side of the mountain. And um, I definitely say that at first getting there is hard, which I think is most um, out-of-state students' experience. Um, but from kind of a campus ministry spiritual perspective, it was good and very dangerous. And I say that because it was good in the sense that you get there. I knew nobody. I had no friends, um, and so. The only thing I really had was the little chapel on campus. And for the first few weeks, you know, as I'm trying to make my way around and make friends, that was kind of my refuge. Um, But I would also say that it was a little dangerous in the sense that I didn't really go in. I I went in knowing that the the Catholic community would be tiny, small, minuscule, um, very low key. And I didn't realize how small it was going to be. And if it weren't for focus, I don't know where I'd be today. And I say that because um, it was Focus's first year on our campus. And for those of you who don't know, Focus is Fellowship of Catholic University students. They're a mission organization that ministers to college students, and I owe a lot to them right now. Um, but basically, what ended up happening is I get there. I don't have friends, um, and so I'm with the guys on my floor in my in my dorm, and I start to befriend them because naturally, that's the people in close proximity. Um, but when those are the only people you're seeing and when there's not a strong Catholic community that just sucks you in right when you get there, things start to get a little dangerous. Um, just living in that floor and being so lonely obviously you know, pushed me towards hanging out with these guys. And uh, after a little while, I discovered they had some pretty extensive drug habits. And um, I figured out that our floor was a, a place for trade. And I mean, I was amazed. I, I thought that cocaine and... Uh, meth and all that was kind of a myth and you know that was just scary wives tales that moms would tell their kids not to go out of state but it was for real Um, and luckily I had that that strong uh, Catholic upbringing that held me and a lot of people praying for me um, and focus you know I reached out to focus when I first got there because I'd spent the summer with a former focus missionary Braxton Callen at a family missions company base in Haiti and that was amazing and I love that and so that prompted me to reach out and they were great. You know, they welcomed me. They uh, befriended me. I mean, I, I just am so thankful for the relationship I have with uh, our guys over there, Colin and John. But if it weren't for them, I don't know where I would be because there was no Catholic community, no strong Catholic community for me to go into. And, you know, trying to go to confession in Columbia, South Carolina is an ordeal. <laughs> there are not a lot of just sacramental offerings. And, yeah, I mean, I and so um, I can see why a lot of people fall away in college if sure. they're not taken in immediately because you're lonely and you want friends and you want a community. And if that's not there, things get tricky. Talk about you're listening to the Cajun Catholic radio show. Uh, today's guest is Joseph Benton. You're 19? 19. 19. Sir. How about that? Uh, and. So a question I would have, is there a Catholic church in Columbia? Is it on campus? There is. So we do have a um, a Catholic student center, which has grown by leaps and bounds this past year. Um, And then there's another 
three churches in the city, kind of in the metropolitan mm-hmm. area and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's Columbia, South Carolina. It's about what you would expect as far as the Catholic population mm-hmm. goes of South Carolina. You know, you get a lot of Baptists, you get a lot of mainline Protestants, um, and then in, in, like in any university set, setting, you get a lot of unaffiliated. A lot of so, things, so, okay, so as a 19-year-old Catholic, uh, you know, kid from from Lafayette, Louisiana, and I happen to know a little bit about Joseph has traveled. This man has been around a little bit. You would never believe where he has been. And tell me a little bit about your travels, uh, where you've gone so far in your young life. Uh, Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, Sure. Of course. So uh, I had the privilege of working a little bit with Codafil, which is our local French um, kind of program that they support French education, and through them and their scholarships, and also uh, through working at a little garden center here, I was able to spend a lot of my summers in high school traveling around and got the chance to go back to Acadie, Nova Scotia, Canada, um, see our ancestral homeland, uh, spend a summer in France, a summer in Spain, and then throughout that, um, just kind of traveled around and explored a lot of Europe and a little bit of North Africa. Um, and then Haiti uh, with uh, Family Missions Company was amazing. So definitely a unique perspective. If you're, if you're listening in your car now, you might want to turn it up. You didn't hear wrong. He's been basically around the world. <laughs> well, I don't know about 19. that. But <laughs> well, where did you go on your own that we were t- laughing about? Uh, when uh, Morocco. Yeah, yeah. guy <laughs> went to Morocco on his own, you know. I don't think he told his parents that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, how was Morocco? Um, it was a little scary, not gonna lie. <laughs> but but I will say it was. I was actually just thinking about it today. You know, it's one of those things, completely new perspective. Just the. I, th- I think there's a legitimate. I mean, I'm no neuroscientist, but I think there is a legitimate change in the brain waves and the brain patterns for how you think after that when you see something so different and. Uh, yeah, I mean, a very cool culture. I would recommend to anybody who wants to go. I just, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was a long story getting there. And All right, and how many languages do you speak? Just, you know, don't be shy. Go ahead and tell me how many, you know. Yeah, well, I studied up on French a good bit, so I'm, I'm solid with that. And then Spanish is so-so. Okay. It just kind of depends on the accent and who I'm talking to. But <laughs> a little bit of Haitian Creole in there for some extra spice. But There you go. Very, very basic. So, again, you know, my idea for this show was to to feature uh, so many wonderful Catholics and their story, how they're born and bred here in Cajun country, and they spread this message throughout the world. And Joseph, at 19 years old, is really um, just a testament to that story. Um, so, Joseph, man, I mean, um, there's, that you got a lot going on. Um, tell me again... Um, uh, what, what do you see that's so special about our culture here in Cajun country? And, and, uh, and now that you've gotten to, got to travel a little bit, what, what makes our area so unique? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, well, number one is obviously the Catholic faith and not in a way that other communities have it because our Catholic faith is rooted in a long tradition of Catholic faith and built upon the sacrifices of our grandparents and our great-grandparents. Um, and it's integrally tied up with this beautiful culture that prides itself on its its joy um it's you know the, the joie de vivre as, as they say here um the festivals you know the, the culture the the language the cuisine i mean obviously these are all things we kind of promote and and uh, hold dear to our hearts but um you know having lived in south carolina and having lived other places across the globe it's just there's something unique about the joy that's here and um the the persistent faith. You know, I remember when the floods came um, and a lot of people lost their homes. 
I was talking to this one woman as she stood outside her house that was completely flooded and she had a smile on her face as you know she watched hundreds of uh, high schoolers and, and neighborhood people clean her home and gut it and you know as she watched all of her possessions go in the trash and uh, you know I expressed my sympathies to her and she responded with oh this is just God telling me I've got too much stuff and that was a that was a joyful message to this woman. I, I don't remember who it was, and it was just someone I met on the streets when the floods happened. But that is something you do not see other places. That's beautiful. So Joseph's family has a strong tie to Manresa, which is another amazing resource uh, in Cajun country. Uh, you know, some of the others go to Jesuit retreats at Grand Coteau, and uh, I've had the great privilege to go to Manresa. Uh, with with his father is the one who brought me there. I've gone several years. This year was special. I, uh, this past year, I think Joseph got to go. Was that this past year? It was year? A, the two, one two, two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, his uncle tragically passed away, and um, and again, I know that recently uh, Joseph lost their grandfather, who I guess started the tradition at Manresa. But what has Manresa meant to you? Uh, I know you've only been that t time, but uh, it was, that was special for, for yeah. you to be there. Oh, for sure, yeah. I went to go to a few retreats in Grand Coteau as well. And um, I mean, there's just something special about silence. It goes back to my first moments of kind yep. of conversion that, you know, you can't, be, you can't hear the voice of God if you're not silent. And I think that's really true. Um, and what better place to do it than amongst the, the giant oaks and the Mississippi and the banks and the old plantation style homes and the pretty weather and the azaleas. I mean, I think it's a great place for sure. And uh, for me personally, just having that family history, knowing that my, my uncles, my dad went there, my cousins have gone there, my grandfather started it, you know, that's um, the, special. Yeah, very special. I mean, the, the, the lives of, of the saints are over there, you know. Okay, take me through you're a, you're a very spiritual guy. What what do you do on a daily basis to, to keep up your spiritual exercise? What's your routine? It's my routine. Well, I try to follow it the best I can. I will admit I am very bad at routines. Well, you know, but we're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I actually uh, started to get into the Liturgy of the Hours. Um, there's a little app called iBrievery, and I also uh, my, my uh, confirmation sponsor gifted me with the four-fold-volume set, and I was... Nice. So I used that, and... Uh, yeah, there's just, you know, Ignatius talked a lot about it, of just praying always. And I think that the Liturgy of the Hours just kind of puts you in that mode when you're taking time in the middle of the day, you know, different points in the day, to mm -hmm. remember that this day is not about you, which I'm really bad about remembering, but it's super important. Um, and to just bring the Psalms into your life and really have uh, the Scripture kind of uh, color your life. And that's that's probably, that would be my, my most kind of go-to resource for staying alive spiritually during the day. Um, and then I also try to pray the rosary every day. Fail, I will say. Oh, well, I, I yeah. failed yesterday, so we're going to have to do some makeup today. <laughs> we'll see. But um, try to do that. And then uh, typically try and make it to Mass a few times during during the week. Would love to be a daily Mass communicant. I haven't quite made it there yet. We're, mm -hmm. we're struggling, you know. We're, we're, we're in the turf, and we're getting there. That's but, right. Um, it's it's yeah. it's a uh, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. That's right. <laughs> uh, so um, one thing I wanted to ask you is tell me uh, some of the Catholic influence uh, of of people that are, uh, have formed you, other than your parents and in, in Cajun country here. Who who has touched your heart that you see yeah. as good Cajun? Well, I'd guy? say first off, Deacon Ed Bustani, my confirmation sponsor. Yeah. I mean, he invested in me. Um, and just really took a, a vested interest in my spiritual life and 
just having been with Focus and having been in South Carolina and watching the conversions that have taken place, that is where conversion happens. It's when somebody takes a vested interest in your salvific life and cares for you on a personal level and you know it's, it's not it's not about preaching from the pulpit more so than it is about going person to person and focusing on one or two people and just really trying to get them to God so that was Deacon Ed definitely did that for me I'd say uh, my pastor Father Michael Russo has been my pastor for the past 12 years now he's getting moved and obviously I've moved away um, but he has been uh, definitely a blessing on my life taught me about a lot about what it means to be a priest um, influenced my spiritual life he's guided me um, amazing homilies would recommend um, but uh, other than that I mean just um, coach Lance Strother over at St. Thomas More sure I gotta put him up there uh, Jeff Cormier who uh, taught me freshman theology class a big influence as well I mean there's just uh, a whole handful a lot of, of good Cajun Catholics so Joseph um, in your discernment process um, I've, you know I think that you have been really attracted to the Jesuits in particular and uh, is that still something that's at the forefront of your mind and and what is it about the Jesuits that attracts you? Yeah sure thing Uh, yeah well you know I'm just trying to play the good Catholic young man role I guess and discern both but uh, there there has been a pretty big attraction there just um, there's a definitely a sense of adventure that this order has uh, that they really capture very well you know I have a Actually, my cousin's ex-boyfriend, Michael Moore, uh, left her to cousin's go. Ex-boyfriend cousin's left ex-boyfriend left her to, for that one. to go. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> they're good now. But okay. he, he went um, and joined the Jesuits. And oh, okay. uh, he was telling me some stories just about going to Nicaragua and, you know, and, uh, and Guyana and, like, having the plane almost crash. And he's going through villages and spreading the word. And um, they're giving him bus tickets. And they're going across the U.S., you know, and ministering to homeless people and um, I just do really like their spirituality and their very hands-on approach to ministry, to salvation, and to um, spreading the kingdom. Um, and that attracts me. And I love Ignatius, a great guy, great message. Um, spiritual exercises are incredible. And I've, yeah, I've definitely, over in Grangato and at Manrese, I've had some of my uh, closest experience to, experiences to the Lord. Um, and I'd say that's probably what attracts me the most. But, you know, we're still discerning. We're sure. still, uh, still just trying to figure out the plan so you're listening to cajun catholics today our guest is mr joseph benton uh joseph tell me about um um i know you're an academic i would call you an academic well, and you. for those for those out there that like to read and that are into their faith what what are some of the books that you've read that you would recommend to our listeners sure thing um well if, let's see I would probably recommend, I mean, I'm not as, as quite as well-versed as I'd like to be. In fact, very far from it. But uh, probably my f- two favorite books right now aren't super academic books. They're actually um, He Leadeth Me by Walter Chizik, who is, he was an American Jesuit priest um, of a Polish family who basically went into Poland and was ministering to the people there, learned the Russian liturgy, and then... Um, when Poland was annexed by the Soviet Union in, in World War II, he stayed there and eventually infiltrated into the Soviet Union to minister to the Poles there and to the Catholics there. Um, and he was in prison and spent like 20 plus years in hard labor and solitary confinement. And um, He Leadeth Me, With God in Russia, those are two really good complimentary books, but just the spirituality that's born out of that that trial, you know, the, the fire that, that purifies the gold, that was 
that's always been a gym for me uh, very inspiring for sure um, and then I'd say in the shadow of his wings if you want just a great story another great story about the priesthood and about World War II um, that that's I would definitely recommend that as well nice um, nice have you have you read soul of the apostolate I have not that's one you need you okay. need to, that it's one's on for you Put on that list. Down. <laughs> yeah. anyone who has a deep faith you know and 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 not just for for uh, it's it's a lot about discerning but it's for the lay community as well and it just talks about the significance of how important it is for prayer and how, how the, the Carmelite nuns, for example, are just as important as those out there ministering, you know, hand to hand with with others in the community, yeah. that, and how important prayer is. It's a it's a beautiful book. Okay, cool deal. So, um, all right. So, what's next for you? What's what's on the horizon? What's in the immediate future? Well, we know? The immediate immediate future is a. 14-hour drive to North Carolina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so tell me about that. Tell yeah. us, tell our listeners about the camp there. Yeah, so um, it was founded by uh, a couple from New Orleans. Um, cool, Truffins I didn't know that. And Dave Trufant. And um, then they moved to Baton Rouge uh, before they started their camp. And they actually, so they knew my grandfather um, back in, in the younger years. And they were just champions. They you know, they, they were on the team that brought Mother Teresa to Baton Rouge. Wow. Um, you know, worked with my grandpa to close abortion clinics and just heroes, in my opinion, for sure. And so they went up to North Carolina, found this camp, and um, officially I think it's like a, a camp with Christian values, like non-denominational sort of thing, which is which is really genius because then there's like mass and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, people will send their kids thinking it's like your, your basic Protestant camp, but then you get some good Catholic truth in there. Um, but I went as a kid, and I'm going back just because I know the community there is great, the community of counselors, um, just some of your your most on-fire young Catholic people who are excited about life, you know, uh, normal people, but who love the outdoors. Um, they've got priests in and out. Um, just the the spirit there is definitely alive, I will say that. Um, and yeah. It's for guys and girls, It right? is, yeah. So there's a guys' camp, uh, Chalcetanga, and then there's a girls' camp on the other side of the mountain, Catalia, but there's... There's some interchange there as well. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend. It's, cool. it's a beautiful place. That's awesome. Um, and you've been how many times? So I went when I was 7, 8, and 9. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been back in 10 years. So this wow. Is 10 years later, I'm going back to work there um, just because, you know, the summers and the travels. Nice. I've gotten in the way since then. But now it's, I mean, it's an opportunity I can't pass up. I'll tell a quick story since you mentioned Mother Teresa. I was, I would give communion at the nursing homes and i was at the nursing home on center street near tarlings and this was uh sunday and i'll try and keep this story brief but this gentleman in a wheelchair came up to me and he said when mother Teresa came to lafayette back in 1986 you mentioned uh she had come through their neighborhood and and he called it the hood you know he said that mother Teresa came in the hood and he she reached in her purse to give him something it was just her and him on the sidewalk and he said mother you can't you know you you can't bring your purse out here and somebody's going to whack you over the head you know and steal everything you have and she says i'm not worried about that and she pulled out this prayer card and she said if you hold this card in your hand whatever your intention is if you say the our father it will come to pass and she says i want you to keep this card and i want you to share it with everybody you come into contact and everybody you come into contact with if you hold this card and you say the our father your intention will come to pass and this man asked me he says would you pray with me and, he, and he, he had the card in his hand, and he put it in my hand, and, and I said the Our Father with him. And, I mean, if that's not supernatural, you know, how does that happen? 
uh, right here in good old Lafayette, Louisiana, you know, in a yeah. nursing home. I don't know if that guy was sent from heaven, if he was an angel. I've never seen him there before, but it was an amazing experience. Yeah, we're all part of one great story. Yeah. So, well, Joseph, um, it's been such a blessing for you to be here on the show. Uh, you're going to be you. in my prayers always. You know, we sat that. next to each other at Man Race. We and, did. Uh, shared our faith and I look forward to continuing the faith journey with you I pray that you know God gives you the answers you're looking for in your life and Thank you, Mr. if it's if it's God's will for you to become a priest I know you're going to be the best you yeah. know Very kind of so I wish that. you nothing but the best so again you've been listening to Cajun Catholics featuring outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana um, we've had your guest today Joseph Benton thank you Joseph God bless you and I love you appreciate it take care